What was the result? Three, three premiership, three for me and two for them. Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chip the Keeper Podcast. I'm today's host, Hunter, and I'm joined by Chris and Pranav today. Uh, and the way we're going to start off today is get to know a little bit more about our podcast members. And today is going to be favorite soccer player of all time. So we're, we're going to start off with Chris. Who is your favorite player of all time, active or retired? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Wayne Rooney, uh, just because... The- I mean, he was in his prime when I started watching Manchester United. So it was really cool to see him in his prime for a couple of years. And I don't know, his anger always amused me. Um, and he did, you know, some really phenomenal things. So definitely Wayne Rooney. Prime Waza was a, was a scary motherfucker. Um, Pranav, what about you? Who's your favorite player of all time? Um, I don't know. I don't really have one that I, that I really got to watch, but uh when I was when I was really young, um, I didn't I didn't really understand that like soccer was on TV. I, I just thought it was some abstract thing that like people played. I hadn't really understood the concept of it. Um, but my dad would like show me highlights of Ronaldinho because he actually got to watch him in uh, in 2002 uh, the semifinal against uh, Turkey. So he showed me like highlights on YouTube, and that's how I basically was like, "Wow, this guy is really good." And that that's all I knew about him. I was like, "Wow, this guy's really good," and he has highlights on YouTube. I didn't really realize you could watch soccer until much much later. And I guess I guess uh, Lyndon Donovan later on also made me uh, his 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 uh, his moments made me happy as well. Um, but I, other than that, I don't really have I don't really have a, a favorite a favorite player that I, I got to watch like week in week out. No Stevie G, no no Mo Salah, no Jordan Henderson, no Fabio Barini. Come on now, <laughs> Fabio, Mario Balotelli. No, um, I mean Firmino is always he's always been my go-to since uh this this modern this modern uh rendition of liverpool just because like there, there's there are players that are there are players that are dependable and players that are flashy um and for me you know, for whatever reason like even times where he's neither he just gives me vibes that he's like both all the time um and i appreciate that a lot because he he's yeah he holds he holds it down and he's also like he's got some techers on him very interesting um i think for me it has to be frank lampard uh just my boy. I was so excited when I when I found out that I got to see my favorite player of all time and my favorite current player, uh, that being obviously Frank Lampard and Christian Pulisic, uh, on the same team together. Um, they obviously didn't play together, but both back ripping that Chelsea blue. It, it was it was it was something special special for me that summer. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, I just want to briefly go over um, one of the bigger not soccer related soccer stories over the last week. And that is Josh Cavallo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He came out uh, this past week and, and kind of announced to the world that he, that he is the only active gay soccer player, which everybody here at Chip the Keeper podcast, you know, Josh, we, we support you and everybody else in, in Josh's position. Uh, we understand how difficult that can be. while seeing how, 
there's still this older generation who might not want the two worlds to combine. Does anybody have any any comments, any well wishings on on Josh's uh, announcement? Yeah, I just, just want to say it was it was really you were, you were like Josh, which as if like yeah yeah no Josh, Josh is a regular listener to our podcast. He actually our boy. Um, he could be. So <laughs> so now uh, yeah, Adelaide United is is my favorite. Uh, what's it? What's the league? Australian Australian uh, Australian top flight league. Um, I think I think there are other active gay footballers, but I think uh, he's the only top flight active one. Um, regardless, I mean it, it was a big step. It it, it shook uh, it shook like social media at least. Um, a lot of a lot of angry people and a lot of comments uh, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I mean you can you can say all you want that you don't want your politics and your your social justice and your your sports. Um, to not be intermingled, but like you're famous and you have a platform and you're playing the most popular sport in the world. Uh, so just by default, it's, um, it's already inter- intermingled. There, there isn't a lot of separating that you can do. Uh, but yeah, um, we're, we, we, we appreciate it. I think we were all pretty, uh, <clears throat> we're pretty high for him when he, when he came out. Uh, and I, I know he's said a lot that, that the outpouring of support has meant a lot and he's from his, um, his teammates and his coaching staff and just everything he's seen uh, has been mostly positive. Um, I guess he's, he's turned a blind eye to the negative stuff, uh, which definitely is there. Um, but yeah, good for him. Yeah. I mean, this is great. This is awesome news and we are all in support. Um, I definitely like there are, if you go on social media and read some comment sections, it shows that there's a long ways to go, unfortunately. Um, but obviously like there was a lot of support and, it's a really good thing, but still a long ways to go. Still a lot of homophobic people out there, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I think, it, go ahead. I think just some of the stuff that frustrated me the most was just like, oh, the, the people that were like, oh, like, like, we don't care, blah, blah, blah. Um, just like, like, that's, that's the point. Like, like the, the reason he had, he had to come out is because a lot of people were, were angry about it. Like a lot of people like didn't realize that they were proving their own, they, they were proving their own um, antithesis where, they they were they were like oh we, we don't we don't care just like play football or whatever um this like goes back to the whole like lebron shut up and dribble um yeah you have a platform you're going to use it and inform people um and it's, it's kind of like frustrating that people the people are pretending they're they're like fine with him being gay and then just let and then la- lash out anyway like damn just like don't comment just scroll all right like like if you, if you don't care then just like like don't care enough to, to comment and i was speaking with one of my close friends um, from college, uh, shout out Zach, who was an, an openly gay uh, student athlete. Um, and he kind of had this perspective that he kind of shared with me where, where it's like bittersweet isn't necessarily the right term, but like, you know, but obviously it's a good step. It's just, we should have been at this point a long time ago and kind of seeing these athletes take this perceived massive step or an actual massive step to be an openly lgbtq pro athlete um you know it is should we have been here a long time ago and yeah obviously um it, it's just taken a, a massive cultural shift you know he he, he said that like the perception of, of lgbtq people has changed a lot after the kind of aids era and at the late 2000s um it's just sad to he said that that it was sad to think that it took so long after that for someone to feel comfortable saying it. Um, Pranav, you, you kind of mentioned that 
you see a lot of people online saying, yeah, who cares? And I think that the goal should be for that who cares to transition from a shut up and dribble who cares to a yeah, this is just a normal occurrence. Like yeah, to like it's, actually it's, actually it's, not, be it, true. it's nothing special anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I also want to mention that this isn't like sorry, we, we said we said first openly gay footballer, um, all that stuff. Um, first openly gay openly gay male footballer. Um like the the women the there there are plenty of there are plenty of um gay women that have been playing the sport and have been pushing the sport to new frontiers for for many, many years. Like whatever you think about uh, Megan Rapino, um like she's she's been doing it for years and uh like no no one, I don't know, no one no one's like come at her for being gay, you know. Um and I think that that's a that's a heavy male stigma that um, that's that's pretty uh, pervasive in the sport. It's, it's a little bit frustrating um, when it's a it's a strange double standard like that. Um, you often hear about women being the victims of double standards, but but uh, yeah, I, I think I think gay male athletes uh, have a much much longer way to go than, than gay female athletes do. So good for him. Yeah, and 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 I'll close this out by saying that in order to kind of change this culture, um, it kind of takes it'll take more time than just saying let's change the culture because you do have this older generation who are kind of rooted in their views. You know, you see in, in American football, uh, John Gruden, where um, when one of his players came out as the only openly gay active uh, American football player, um, John Gruden kind of came out in, in full support in the press conferences. But when, then when his emails got leaked, he was very obviously uh, – of quite opposite beliefs um but yeah shout out josh cavallo uh we we support you and and most of the people online that are saying the shitty things are just saying that for attention can i also add um the world cup next year is in qatar and that is a country that does not accept this so like i said long ways to go but that's where things are right now unfortunately this transfer to Newcastle United uh, may not be on the books. Yeah, I think we've talked about Newcastle and, and their new owners enough on on this podcast, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what what goes down in the in the World Cup in in Qatar of all places. All right, so into the midweek fixtures. Um, unfortunately, there were no Champions League games this past week, but there was the very exciting League Cups. That I'm, that I'm sure we all watched every match of. Uh, so the first big one, uh, Man City ducking out, I believe, on penalties to West Ham United. Is, does this surprise anybody, or is this just kind of how how it goes sometimes with league, with competitions as low as the League Cup? I mean, I think it should surprise people. It's it's City versus West Ham, um, but. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk about this more later on. But West Ham, like West Ham, West Ham have been a force this season, and they didn't just like kind of hold on against Man City. You know, they like took the game to them, and the last the last couple of minutes were were a little bit of a different different story. But um, yeah, I mean, they 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 won. I think uh, I think Phil Foden may have missed the penalty, which is not what we've come to expect from Phil Foden. But I mean, it happens. He's a young player. Unfortunate for him. I've I've always I've always liked him, but. West Ham are a scary team, and I'm not looking forward to the the Liverpool fixture next week. Yeah, it it looks like Man City was playing a slightly weakened uh, lineup with Cole Palmer getting his first start, I believe, for Man City. Um, in the likes of Nathan Ake, 
Zinchenko and Zach Steffen also in that lineup. But, but that being said, West Ham didn't play their number one lineup either. So honestly, good for West Ham. They, they kind of, kind of like you said, that they're kind of uh, dark horses this season. Moving on, uh, Chelsea scraped through versus Southampton, tying on one one after after full time, uh, requiring a Reese James penalty for the second time in this competition to put Chelsea through the next round against Southampton. I'm obviously pretty excited about it. I, I think the final result is kind of what everyone expected. Was this like the third penalty shootout in a row or something for Chelsea? Because I, I just keep, I feel like I keep just keep seeing uh, like random Kepa pictures on my timeline, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, he did it again. Okay, it's either the second or third in the competition, but Kepa seems to be the guy. The, the stat that I found surprising is Kepa now has the most penalty shootout saves of Chelsea goalkeepers all time, surpassing the great Petr Cech, who had six. Now Kepa has eight, I believe. You're right. So this this just means that Kepa's obviously a better soccer player than Czech, and uh, obviously the investment was well worth it. And um, I don't understand why he doesn't start over Mendy. You're right, Hunter. Good point. I was I was listening to, to, to someone else's uh, podcast, and they were like, like it's it's really it's really funny because um like Kepa Kepa like we we know Kepa as just like like a really shit goalkeeper, like a really meme goalkeeper, but. Like if you were to ask, like, but he's like extraordinary in penalty shootouts for whatever reason. Um, and they were like, yeah, if you were to ask just some random ass person off the street, like, what, what, what does a good goalkeeper do? <laughs> They're gonna be like, stop penalties. When like, like, obviously, like, like we know, like, like, uh, stopping penalties is like a crapshoot uh, for any good goalkeeper. Um, but <laughs> to like the public eye, like, Kepler could be like one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time, <laughs> just because of this, just like, like, like a casual viewer. Um, I think that's really funny because of what he actually is. Yeah, I mean, if you only like if you were just watching highlight reels of Kepa doing penalties, you'd be like, "Is this guy Casillas? Like, this guy's really good." So I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Is like, was Kepa worth the seventy million or whatever it was? Absolutely not. Does he pull out saves that that are worth seventy million? Sometimes. Um, I don't think he was ever the replacement for Courtois that we wanted. I think that's more of Mendy, but. I think if 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 you're looking at kind of Kepa's highlight reel, it, it it'll make him look like one of the best of all time. Next, Divock Origi helped secure a Liverpool two zero win against Preston North End. Um, Pranav, I I assume you've seen the goal, and 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 to any of our viewers and listeners who haven't seen the goal, please go look up the Divock Origi goal versus Preston in the EFL Cup. Yes, it's just an EFL Cup game. Yes, it's just Preston North End. But that is absolutely a stunner from Divock Origi. Does Divock Origi Pranav go down as one of the the kind of the streets will never forget players for Liverpool? Dude, of course. Like, <laughs> he, he has, for no reason, he has, he has such little quality in him. But for some reason, he just pulled out like the most ridiculous crap at the most like opportune times. Um, I mean, I, like, I guess th- this wasn't really a, like a big moment or a big stage, uh, but he he pulled out uh, a scorpion chip on uh, a professional goalkeeper. <laughs> like uh, that, that, it just it just I don't know. Divock shouldn't be doing the things that Divock has done, um, but he's done all of them. And uh, yeah, I I think that's. 
in an argument against me, I guess, like a series of number forget player is someone who has like bags of ability. Um, so like like uh, an Allen, say Maximan will, will definitely be a series of number forget player um, in his time. But yeah, I think I think Origi just he he's the he's the exception because he has very little discernible ability or quality. Uh, but for whatever reason, he has two of the most legendary goals in Liverpool history um, and a Champions League final goal uh, when the other the only other goal that final was a penalty and then and then and then stuff like this so I, I think he yeah I, I think easily also like you, you said like it was just like Preston North End um, well first of all shout out to, to, to my boy Seth Finberg Liverpool Lonia at Preston but um, what's funny about Liverpool in the League Cup is that like if you if you draw Liverpool in a League Cup, like you're hyped because Liverpool always put out like you 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 were talking about um like City putting week putting out like a weekend lineup that was like like I'd, I'd say they're like one and a half string maybe like one point seven five string, um like Liverpool always puts out like a third string lineup um some some fucking guy named Har- I don't even know who Harvey Blair is I pay attention to so much Liverpool I consume so much Liverpool content to the point where it's like it, it consumes like too much of my time I have never heard of Harvey Blair and he started on the right wing. So yeah, the the Klopp, Klopp just wants to play the youngsters. Um, and whoever he oh, some guy named Elijah Dixon Bonner um came on. I uh, never heard of him either. Um, but yeah, like you, you always have a chance against Liverpool in in the League Cup, and I think that's part of the beauty of the League Cup. Uh, I guess it can be kind of like like insulting, but um, yeah, I I don't I don't I don't see us winning this. But uh, your original question, yes, Javakaridi <laughs> is a street number forget player. I think it's funny that Klopp doesn't care about the league cup at all like like most managers don't care but like Klopp doesn't care to like another level like he literally doesn't give it it just doesn't matter to him like if he could he would play like the u10 team yeah and i think that kind of goes to show that like with especially with you know the Thibaut courtois interview coming out where he basically said like soccer players are way overworked, like having a World Cup every two years is too much. Um, that kind of goes to show that it's like, it's not just the players kind of seeing that, it's it's also the managers who, who are kind of on that side too. Um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure like looking at this Liverpool lineup, there's maybe two or three actual starters on that team. And even then they're in positions that get rotated enough. Um, so you have like Curtis Jones starting, but that little midfielder stack, so that rotates. Joel Matip is the only real clear kind of number one starter. But yeah, it's it's to me, it's good to see Jurgen Klopp resting all of the, all of his kind of starting players, uh, especially because he knows that he's going to have a a tough fight on his hands at the, at the top of the table with with my Chelsea. Uh, moving on to to Germany now, the DFB Pokal, the only real big notable result here. Is Borussia Mönchengladbach absolutely? Wait, you forgot spanking. to you forgot to talk about Manchester United in the League Cup. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, because I was I was looking for them. Ha ha. I was, I was looking for them. I couldn't ha, find the result. I had to go you know back what? to like September I'm, to find I'm the happy, result. I'm happy they're not in the League Cup. I'm actually I'm I'm with Klopp on this one. <laughs> so the, the League Cup, the League Cup sucks. Like. Screw that. Let the players rest. I don't you, care. Are you happy that they're not in League Cup so that their their title start charge is stronger? No, I'm happy Was in that the, one of I'm Ollie's happy. first tactics. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I I am happy they're not in the League Cup because now they there aren't as many games, which means less misery for me. So that's a win. 
less um, potential losses for, for Christopher. For, for our listeners who, who aren't sure what, 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 what happened, uh, Manchester United were uh, eliminated from the League Cup pretty early on. They played <laughs> West Ham. <laughs> like, it's not like they got eliminated by, like, Lutton Town. <laughs> they played West Ham. Like, why does anyone care? <laughs> you care. Also... No, I didn't. Also, th- I think that was the last time Donny Van de Beek played, <laughs> and that was like like ten months ago. I swear <laughs> to God, did he actually play? <laughs> yeah, he started. I mean, he started. That was like the big news for that game, and, they got and he actually and he, he just... played well. <laughs> he never saw the field again. Yeah, I, I don't know when he's gonna peace. play again. I I think next time he plays, it's in a different shirt. So anyway, it's also, sidetracked. Wait, I- I think I think that the fact that City got knocked out needs a little bit more press. Like I know we talked about it, but like this has been their cup. Like they dominated this for the past like five years. Like they haven't they haven't lost a game in the league cup since like 2016 or some shit. Um <laughs> like Pep Guardiola is the only manager that like that notably cares about this league cup. And like all the Man City fans are like hyped about the League Cup because they win it every year. Um and yeah, like none of the other managers can be asked, but like I don't know. I, I just think I, I think that makes the West Ham feat a little bit more, more remarkable because it wasn't just City just mailing it in. Like if they if they'd beaten Liverpool, if West Ham had beaten Liverpool, I'd been like, all right, like, whatever. But um, yeah, they they beat a City team that's actually gunning for the League Cup, so good for them. The thing is, it's Manchester City, so there are no fans to like, you know, bully or like harass regarding it, and so life just moves on. Like if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a Manchester City fan, send us an email. I guarantee you, we're not going to get an email. So let's keep going. <laughs> That's the only reason we're not going to get an email. Again, chipthekeeperpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Again, that's chipthekeeperpod at gmail.com. Uh, also, I want to give a really quick shout out to Sunderland. Um, of the eight teams left in the EFL Cup, seven of them are Premier League teams. And then you have Sunderland down in League One. I don't know what it is, but I kind of miss Sunderland being in the, being in the Prem. It's kind of one of those, when I became a, through and through soccer fans, Sunderland was kind of a one of those mid to lower uh, table teams in the Prem, and now they've fallen all the way down to League One. I believe they have an American on their team too. Yeah, Lyndon Gooch, love that guy. That's his actual name, by the way, Lyndon Gooch, G O O C H. He's twenty five. That's not a real name. <laughs> what? I promise you, the L Y N D E N Gooch. His last name is Gooch. That's awesome. Not like Oguchi Onyanyu, where his nickname is Gooch. Yeah, his nickname. His, his yeah, last name no. is actually Gooch. Um, Wait, Aiden McGee is on there. He is. He, he is. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of, of nostalgia. Right. But uh, Aiden McGee and Gooch. Aiden McGee and Gooch. Aiden McGee, by the way, is thirty five years old and still kicking. But yeah, shout out Sunderland for making it this far. Uh, it, it looks like Arsenal has found their form, so they're probably going to get diddled by, by, by Aaron Ramsdale and the rest of the Arsenal team. But shout out to them for making it to the quarterfinals. Now, finally, we can move on to the DFB Pokal, where, like, like I said earlier, the only real notable result was Borussia Mönchengladbach spanking Bayern Munich 5-0. And it's not even like Bayern Munich was playing their Bayern Munich 2 team. They were legitimately playing as close to a first team starting 11 as I can probably think of for this DFE Pokal matchup. And they got smacked. Does this change anybody's opinions, anybody's opinion on Bayern Munich being a top three team in the world? Or is this just kind of a, another League Cup 
who really cares? They weren't really trying type of thing. Bro, you don't, don't put up that lineup and say you're not really trying. Yeah. <laughs> There's not true. a single weak link on that lineup except for maybe Pavar, who's always a weak link. So, uh, yeah. Also, shouldn't Hernandez be in jail? Like, why is I he? I think he's awaiting his sentencing. Yeah, I saw he was playing and I was really confused. Whatever. He got five minutes past him. Uh, in case you guys are confused, <laughs> Um, <laughs> our listeners, uh, yeah, Lucas Hernandez should be, who's a Bayern Munich center back, should be in jail for, uh, was it domestic abuse? So I think it's breaking a restraining order that resulted from, from domestic, domestic abuse, abuse, I think. Yeah. Bottom line, he should not be on the soccer field right now and he should be in prison. Yes, yes. I, th- I think we're all in agreement that uh, Lucas Hernandez is kind of skating by by the skin of his nuts um, and probably shouldn't be on, on that soccer field. Maybe he was the weak link. <laughs> no, we watch those highlights. I'll tell you right now, Upa Meccano was definitely the weak link. I, I want, can I talk about Upa Meccano? Because that was, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I watched the highlights and oh my God, dude. He just, he had like so many poor judgments. Um, honestly, there, there were like two or three additional mistakes that he made that, um, should have led to goals as well. Like it literally should have just been seven or eight, nothing. I, I don't know what happened to him. He was like, I mean, like, yeah, you have a bad game, but like, if this, if this were Harry Maguire, Hunter would like talk about it all day, nonstop to me, just like not, not even like Harry Maguire, even like on his worst day has had better performances than what Upa Makano just did. But, you know, I, I think this is likely just a blip, even though 5 nothing doesn't seem like a blip. But I don't know. They're, they're Bayern. Like, they're good. They're going to – they're probably still going to be top three in the world in my in my book. Also, shout out Joe Scali, USA representative uh, for Welcome Gladbach. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I see no conceivable way this Bayern Munich team uh, – should have been spanked that hard. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, they did. Um, I'm glad back just absolutely wrecked them. Neuer even got nutmegged on one of the goals. So it was, it was just utter humiliation. Uh, Jan Summer was sick. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it as any, anything more than a flip, to be honest. Um, I, I will enjoy trolling it because I've just always been anti Byron because they're just like too, for no other reason than they're just too good. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it actually derailing anything except for maybe the quest to the hotel. Now, to be fair, Byron did come back and score score five goals of their own against Union Ber- Union Berlin, uh, with only three changes made to that lineup. One of those being uh, Upamecano. So it's safe to say that Byron didn't really uh, lose too much ground. There's, in, I'm just seeing this now in the league. They're averaging 3.8 goals scored per match and conceding one goal per match. So it doesn't really look like they're slowing down at any time soon. I mean, All right, so, uh, freak yes. results, freak results, sorry to butt in, but freak results happen. I mean, Aston Villa beat uh, Liverpool 7-2 last year. I don't beat Man United 6-1 last year. Oh, yeah, and then uh, last week, Liverpool beat Man United 5-0. So that's a, that's a little fun fact for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, like freak results happen. Like, I mean, United won uh, this weekend against Tottenham three nothing. It's like, you know, freak stuff happens. It, it, it's just it happens. I'm Bayern's still gonna probably 
win the Champions League, but we'll see. Moving over to the Serie A midweek fixtures. Juventus lost again. Doesn't surprise anybody. They lost 2-1, excuse me, to Sassuolo. Who Sassuolo have some have some kind of secret ballers on their team. But does this really surprise anybody? And especially with Juventus's uh, loss this weekend in the weekend fixture to Hellas Verona, I believe it was. They dropped down to ninth. Is is Juventus becoming irrelevant? Yes. No, because Weston McKinney scored. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, how, how could I forget? We're now becoming uh, young Americans abroad on Instagram, shouting on every single <laughs> American player outside of the U.S., scoring or assisting. Um, but no, I, I think for me, I'm happy that, that Weston scored. It's kind of one of those things where it, it's, if you're an American Juventus fan, it's bittersweet. Weston McKinney was subbed on and scored 10, 13 minutes later. Um, so good for Weston, bad for uh, Juventus. Um, but outside of our American bias, Pranav, is Juventus becoming kind of irrelevant? I, I don't think so, just because, like, just because they're Juventus. I mean, like, Man United were average all these years, and Man United never became irrelevant, you know? Um, like, they're still going to be talked about, and they're still going to be – I don't even mean that as, like, a slight to United. I, like, I mean, like, completely seriously, where um, – there are just these massive teams that have just ran the league for so many years that you can't uh, you can't discount them from anything, like no matter what, because because they have the money, they'll, they'll bounce back next season. Like right now, they're sitting in ninth, and I think I think for a team to be irrelevant, you have to stop talking about them. But it, it literally does not matter which place Juventus finishes in; um, people will be talking about them no matter where they are or how they're doing. Uh, they're currently they currently have less than half the points of the top two teams right now. Um, and we're still talking about them. So they're not going to become irrelevant just because they're Juventus. Let me alter this question slightly. Will they become irrelevant to play against? As in, you're no longer afraid of Juventus. C- kind of kind of the same way you're afraid of playing against a, a Man City, a Liverpool, Manchester United in their in their glory days. Chelsea right now, are, are they kind of irrelevant in that aspect? Or do you think they can still kick with the best of them? I mean, they they just beat Chelsea one nothing. I don't know if you remember that, but um, they did just beat Chelsea one nothing. So clearly, they're still decent, right? I mean, they're not doing well in the league, um, and honestly, it's probably going to stay that way. Like, I I could see them going to Europa next year, but they're going to stay relevant. And even with all these bad results, I don't know. They'll they'll figure something out. They they're Juventus. They didn't, they they won the league like ten years in a row. Like they'll do something. Yeah, no. The, with it's just very like if you if you look at their squad, like it, this is not a weak squad at all. Um, something's going wrong. Max Allegri is not known to be a bad bad manager. Like he's he's had success. Um, I, yeah, like like United, it was always just the manager just sucking. Um, no matter how the All Star team was, uh, and I, I feel like Juventus, Juventus have a great squad still. Like it's literally just like Ronaldo missing. Um, Delict is still there. We forgot about Delict, who was just like, who was a bright young prospect. He's, um, I mean, he's 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 still he's still one of the be- like the best young players in the world. Dybala was amazing for a long time, and he should be getting back to Morata's Morata. And then Chiesa, Chiesa was like was talked about as like the, the next greatest thing. So I, I don't think like the quality in the squad is not going to go away. Also, also Artur, Artur is supposed to be like 
wonderful. Um, he was he was doing great at Barcelona. A lot of the Barcelona fans were mad because the the Piano Chartour switch like screwed them so much. So yeah, they, they shouldn't be doing this. But I, I think I think it's just like a, a bad season for them. Um, for whatever reason that that might be, I think I think next season they're going to come back and, and challenge for everything. So I think it, it, it's also hard because Syria is pretty loaded this year, um, and so like in a weaker year, Juve probably wouldn't look as bad as they do right now. But there are a lot of really strong Serie A teams right now. And so that's me. Like, obviously they should be doing better, but yeah, it, it doesn't look good on paper right now. Yeah. I think that Juventus are kind of plagued by aging players. Um, you know, you have Chesney who's a starting goalkeeper who's 31. You have Benucci and Chiellini who are 34 and 37 respectively. You, you, you know, you, you have Arthur who, yeah, he is a good talent. Can he really turn it on though for for in, in the Juventus shirt? You know, Juan Cuadrado is thirty three, so it's can Juventus get young and energetic enough in the right positions to make that comeback, or will they just become united for the next ten years? All right, moving on to Spain. The biggest news coming out of Spain over the last week is Ronald Koeman has been sacked officially. Obviously, that's if you're a Barcelona fan, that's probably good news um, because you can't really get much worse than what Barcelona have uh, have been playing. Like uh, on Wednesday, October 20th, they got their their first Champions League win in, in what feels like an eternity, 1-0 over Donald Kiev, and then they lost El Clasico on the Sunday. And then this past Wednesday, October 27th, they lost to Rayo Vallecano, and that was the last straw for the, for the Barcelona higher ups who do you think who do you guys think comes in because at the time at the time of recording nobody has been confirmed as manager who do you guys think takes over at barcelona after this interim period uh well i'm gonna give them an offer they can't refuse they're gonna take ole and uh we'll take conte and um yeah it's a good offer i think it's fair We'll go from there. No, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I guess with Barcelona, like, like Chavi's in place. Um, I don't like. He's just a placeholder, right? Like they're not keeping him long term, or are they like testing him out and then like seeing. Chavi? No, I mean they want they want Chavi to be long term. It's just that the the, the the negotiations aren't going so great. Um, I mean that's that's a speculation with uh, Xavi and Alsad, just because. Like uh, I think Joan Laporta, Joan Laporta has, has been wanting Xavi like like this whole time, uh, like really bad. He hasn't been like coy about it. He's been very clear about it. But uh, he also said like they have a bunch of backup managers in place, which he did not say before, um, which leads most to believe that like kind of, like negotiations aren't going so great with uh, Assad and and uh, or Xavi, whoever whoever's terms like, aren't agreeable. I mean, I why why. This is like a every club thinks that they can just hire a club legend and they're like suddenly going to be a miraculously good coach. And it's like, why? Like the only time that's ever worked was a Dane. Like other than that, it doesn't work. Pretty well for Cruyff. Okay, so what are we shooting? Like 2%, 3%? (laughs) Like it's not. No, it's. I just, I don't, I don't see why it's a good idea. That's my take on it. 
I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that like I think it's like such a gamble. A lot of a lot of Liverpool fans like are kind of on the fence right now, or like a kind of, kind of like not super for the the Gerard as Liverpool manager after Klopp leaves bandwagon, just because uh, a club legend um, managing their club and not being super successful, like it definitely tarnishes their legacy to some degree. Um, Lampard definitely got out quick enough. Ole is now Ole the manager. Frank Lampard. <laughs> Ole is now Ole the manager uh, with no tactics, and he's no longer like. I mean, he's he's still that person that scored the that scored the goal and out of time. But I, I think I think his legacy as a manager has now become has ha- now has a higher magnitude than his, his legacy as a as a player. Uh, hey, Chris, you can you can correct me on that if you want. But I think that's something that I'm I'm nervous of with Gerard, and I think, but also like I think Xavi's an exception just because it's it's Xavi. Like he's. Like he's known to just be like like a super uh, super cerebral midfielder who spends all his time like like thinking and, and reading the game and like how how would that and he's like he's he probably was brought up in La Masia and everything like how would that not benefit La, uh, Barcelona you know like like ever since ever since like like midway through his career like he's like his dream has been to manage Barcelona and not not in the way that like like oh it would be cool to manage Barcelona as in like he knows fucking everything about the club and I think I think Xavi's the the exception to that rule because. He, yeah, he's, he's he's Barcelona through and through, and he he literally has all Assad playing like fucking two thousand nine Barcelona. If any club legend can come back and confident, I, I'll confidently say they can they can run that club like uh, really well. It will be Xavi, and I I think Xavi's the exception to that rule, uh, where you don't want a legend coming back. Yeah, and looking through the trusty Italian journalist Fabrizio Romano, looking through his Instagram feed. It's, he says that uh, the Barcelona board are planning for Xavi. Xavi has come out previously and said that it's, it's a dream of his to to manage Barcelona. Probably you, you kind of you you said it. Um, he's having he's having Al Assad play like prime Barcelona. It's just a matter of when will he come in. There is not a here we go yet from Fabrizio, but it looks like the the two sides want the deal to happen. It's just a matter of can they get the turns figured out all right now to the premier league for the for the weekend fixtures arsenal seem to be seem to be back at their best beating leicester 2-0 pronounced pronounced beloved brentford lost 3-1 to burnley who apparently just figured out how to score goals southampton beat watford 1-0 and liverpool tied brighton and hove albion 2-2 bringing them further away from the top of the table Pranav, how do you... Wow, wow. Just your phrasing, like... I wonder who the Chelsea fan is here. Like, geez. <laughs> it's me, bitch. What, what do you expect? <laughs> Pranav, uh, after going up 2-0 and having a Sadio Mane goal disallowed, are there any concerns for you letting up a two-goal lead to, to Brighton? Yeah, dude. Um, letting up a two-goal lead to anyone is, is, is pretty rough. Uh, Sadio Mane goal was disallowed, and then Trossard had a second one. Um, so it, it was it was three two Brighton for a second before it was disallowed uh, for an offsides. Actually, uh, there was a there was a Mane goal disallowed. There was also a Salah goal disallowed. There were a lot of it. There were three disallowed goals. Um, there was like a whole match of disallowed goals in, in this one. Yeah, it easily could have been three two Brighton. Um, like it wasn't it wasn't just that like Liverpool were unfortunate to to lose a lead. Liverpool were fortunate to to take a point. And I think a lot of that comes from. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna rip Man United a little bit here. Liverpool like did not play that well in the United game. 
Um, and they scored five goals, which masked them not playing that well. Um, and United were so bad that they made like a poor Liverpool look good. And that showed here that, okay, well, the, the Mwepu goal, um, if you guys are going to go look, look, look up the Origi goal, please go look up the Mwepu goal uh, for, for Brighton, because that was like, I, I was talking about the, the, the Telemans contest with like Worldly only by himself. Mwepu just took it to a whole other level. Like, okay, there's no chance he freaking meant that shot. Um, and if he did, then then he should not be a Brighton. He hit it over Allison was on his line but it wasn't a chip he like ripped that over allison uh which is crazy but um yeah uh the midfield isn't doing so great there's there's like a kind of there's a mini injury crisis uh in midfield kate just got injured again henderson is now has to play a six which isn't his strong suit he played a six for a long time and that's why like no one really rated henderson until uh Klopp played him a little bit further forward and then they're like holy shit henderson's really good um because and that, that, that all goes back to fabinho being injured um, so it, it's harder for them to both defend and attack if they don't have like a defendable six. Seeing that he defended Henderson did, did score, but um, yeah, it is worrying, especially when uh, we have to play not Brighton. Well, okay, Brighton. Brighton has been really good this year. They're finally taking those chances. They're creating the chances and and scoring them. Oh yeah, Adam Lallana. Uh, he never really got a send off. He was a so he was he was a Liverpool player and then he got. He got sold to Brighton. He never really got a send off. He was a fan favorite at Liverpool, and uh, just because of COVID, he he never got to like say bye or thank you to the fans. So he finally got to do that this game, uh, which was really nice. Um, and he was pretty instrumental in I think creating the second goal. Uh, so thank you, Adam Milano, for everything you did. Also, fuck you for that second goal. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Hopefully, we we pick it up and play better next team. Hopefully, Fabinho comes back quickly. In Liverpool's last five games, they have two wins and three draws. All three of those draws, Liverpool were leading and gave up a lead. Kind of the same question. Do you think that's just coincidence or do you think there's something deeper going on? Do you think there are Liverpool fans who are clop out? Um, Well, I'll tell you exactly why that is. Every single game that I've watched with my girlfriend, uh, they have drawn. So clearly it's her fault. Uh, it used to be that whenever I watched a game with her and she wore a Liverpool jersey or any jersey for that matter, she, uh, that team has won every single game, um, including USA versus Mexico and, uh, and the, the Champions League final, uh, where I had her wear my gag gift of a Chelsea jersey. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's why, if you're, if you're wondering why Liverpool keeps drawing, uh, those are the games that, that happens. And I'm very sorry for all Liverpool fans out there uh, that, that uh, I did that to you. Um, uh, no, no Liverpool fans are, are clopped out. And that's if, if you are, you, 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 I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Like you, you don't know anything about the sport. Like you don't understand what he's done for our club. Uh, our t- team is still playing sick. We just have like problems here and there. Um, and that's not Klopp's fault. That's the, that's, uh, that's down to the individual players. Uh, Klopp system has been working. Uh, Fall asleep and continue to work. The only, the only, the only little bit um, that maybe Klopp's fault is that they're kind of back. A little, like a little bit to their, I think, 17, 18 form, uh, the heavy metal football where they just like fucking go, go, go. Uh, and it was very exciting, a lot of fun to watch, especially for neutrals. Um, but it does leave us a little bit vulnerable. Um, and Konate was not great this game at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're clopped out, then you just don't know what you're talking about. So. And I shouldn't forget to mention that in between the Manchester City uh, draw and the, and the Brighton draw, Liverpool did pull out back-to-back 5-0 victories against uh, 
mid-table Watford and somehow not mid-table Manchester United. No, just um, say mid-table because that's their fate. Mid-table United. Yeah, and, and and as I explained, we know, we know why that is. I was I was watching those games alone. <laughs> um. So thank you, Shreya, for for giving us the content here on the on the Chit the Keeper podcast. You should be thanking uh, her for for being top of the table right now. Well, I think I think most of that thanks goes to the Timo Werner and his beautiful runs, uh, creating the space for Kai Havers to run into for Mason Mount to slot the ball back uh, to Kai in the Champions League final that we won. Uh, Back in... what, that has nothing to do with, with you being top of the table. That's a different the, competition altogether. Uh, defending Champions League uh, title holders plus top of the table plus ratio. Um, moving on. Uh, Crystal Palace beat Manchester City 2-0 with Eric Laporte. Or sorry, he's Eric Laporte getting a red card right at the end of the game, followed by a couple of further yellow cards. Is this just a week of blips? for big teams or is there something deeper going on here? I mean, big teams are playing a lot of big games and so they get tired. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal for Man City. Like, okay, they lost 2 nothing to Crystal Palace. They're probably going to obliterate someone in the Champions League this week. So who cares? And then all that's going to happen is they're not going to win the Champions League. Like, I don't know. It Like, it's the same story with Man City. And, like who cares? It's Man City. <laughs> yeah, just, what just else is there out. to talk about? <laughs> like they're not gonna. They're probably. They're probably gonna win the league, and then they're not gonna win the Champions League. So end of discussion. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. Um, the only the only thing is that like yeah, they don't have a striker, and then uh, Pep was just like yeah, every time we lose, you're just gonna ask me like like about the striker thing, and then we put four and five, four or five past the team, and uh, <laughs> and no one asked me about a striker, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like there was something to be said about the striker, just because um, if you have, so City have this ability to just create chance after chance after chance after chance after chance because they're City and they're so freaking good, um, which is why they can score and put four or five past the team. But like in a game like this where they just have a bunch of like little half chances, you need a striker to finish those, and they just don't have that. Uh, despite how good Phil Foden is, I just think it's really fun. Like, like this must be so insulting to Gabby Jesus. <laughs> who's been a striker all his career. And everyone's like, City don't have a striker. And Gabby Davis is just sitting there like, I'm right here. But uh, he's been playing, he's, he's either been on the bench or playing uh, on, on the wings, um, strangely enough. So, oh, and Sterling also thought he was going to get a look at striker. <laughs> nope, he just put Phil Foden there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they just need, need this need a striker is, is really it. Uh, I don't, I also don't think they need a striker to even win the league. I just think they, in order to, in order to confidently win the league, they need a striker. Yeah, I guess the only real consequence of this game is Manchester City fall fall now to five points behind the leaders Chelsea and sec- and two points behind second place Liverpool. Um, speaking of Chelsea, a convincing three zero win past Newcastle. Um, Why now, do we have to talk about this? Uh, I just want to mention one thing. No, I'm messing um, with you. Go ahead. <laughs> Chelsea's uh, top goal scorer in the league and tied for second place goal scorer in the league um, are both our starting wingbacks. Um, so if Manchester City has a striker problem, what the heck does Chelsea have? Um, but no, big up Reese James, changing St. James's Park to Reese James's Park, um, scoring one goal with his left and then one goal with his right, both taken from the same spot in the box, both put in, in the same opposite corner. And 
in the same spot, upper 90. So big up Reese James and then Jorginho doing Jorginho things, uh, pulling the strings in midfield and putting away a hop, skip, and a jump penalty. Uh, you said convincing. Like, it was nil-nil until the 65th minute, and all of a sudden, Reese James just, just started and just turned into to R9 or something. I, for I, no didn't, reason. I didn't watch the game, and I'm convinced that they absolutely dominated possession based on the way that you just sold that. So <laughs> I think that's a little biased there, but whatever. Now, to be fair. <laughs> they, uh, they did They did absolutely dominate possession. It was 80-20. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was wrong about that then. My bad. <laughs> That's funny. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, like why don't you look up your stats position. first, bitch? Um, <laughs> no, uh, to be fair, I was only able to watch the first 20 minutes of the game, and then I was called in to work on very short notice. Shout out to all the athletic training uh, listeners and viewers. Uh, you guys know the struggle of not being kept in the loop. But yeah, still top of the league, ex- extending that league, uh, extending the lead. Or the rest of the lead, league, Jesus Christ. Um, the next big upset fixture was the result of the El Sacico, uh, also known as Tottenham versus Manchester United, which manager would get fired first. And it turns out that Nuno is now no longer the Spurs manager uh, after that 3-0 stomping. Um, why, why is that considered a big upset? Because Manchester United's a mid-table team, and they're bad, I, so them beating anybody is an upset. Tottenham has not played well all year, so I don't understand why you're calling it a big upset. It's a big upset for Ole, I think. Chris, Chris, are you it's upset? A, it's a big United upset won? for Manchester United fans. Because <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, every goal that was scored, I got excited for and I cheered for, and then I was like, "Why did I do that?" But I don't know. It was. It's it's just emotionally tiring, you know. It's 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 hard to be a United fan. Um, but it it was so weird to see the formation change because it's funny because I think on like last podcast or maybe just like in our group chat I was talking and I was like, why why does Ole think he can just keep playing this four two three one and like just ride it out until the end of time? Like he's got to try something new and like maybe he listened to me. But he basically played how Conte would play, which is a 3-5-2. Um, and clearly, it worked. Um, they were great moving forward. And, um, yeah, I mean, first clean sheet in, like, 10 games for United, something ridiculous like that, which is a horrible stat. Um, they looked good. I'm just confused. I, I don't know how to feel right now. Also, like... Uh, Wanda Saka looked really good moving forward, which uh, typically isn't the case. Um, and then obviously Cavani and Ronaldo killed it, even though their combined age is 70. Yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo did an, an AWB chop to set up uh, Cavani for the, for the second goal. Yeah, he, he acted like he was 23 when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which Ronaldo is this? But I mean, it's Ronaldo. But I, it was cool to see Cavani get his first league goal of the year. Um, I, I don't well, know. I just, I just got mixed feelings. I think that, that goes back to um, Ronaldo won't work off. The, I mean, he'll, he'll work off the ball, just not defensively. Cavani will work no matter what you give him, what task you give him, even though he's like, like 34 or something. So, yeah, he's, he's running like a workhorse all around the, all around the pitch. And, um, yeah, I think that I think that definitely, like, it feels weird to say. It just feels weird coming off the tongue. But Ole got his tactics right, man. Um, and I think that 
he might have something going forward. I mean, also the fact that, that Veron is back. Um, I think you guys definitely missed him a lot during the, the Liverpool game. I, I don't think it would have been um, that horrible if, if Veron had been in. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't really have anything else to say other than Tottenham are just like just horrible. Uh, ben Davies over Regulon, uh, strange decision. Um, Harry Kane is I like we we all thought it was just gonna like stop the the goal drought was gonna just stop and then he'd like there 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 will be like the 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 dam would be open and and he, it would just flood goals for Harry Kane. That has not happened. He's still he's still uh, he's still constipated of goals as of now. Um, so I'm I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, maybe it's all the drama. Maybe maybe it's it's just what just him having to play so much over the summer and so much pressure being on him. But um, yeah, he's just not he's just not the dependable goal scorer we come to know him as. Strangely enough, I didn't even realize he was playing. Like I swear to God, like I had no idea Harry Kane was on the pitch. And no, I watched I, I the didn't. full ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, not even as a joke. I, I also just forgot that Kane was Kane was a, <laughs> like a player on the field. For those of you keeping track at home, that's United's first league win set since September nineteenth against thank, West thank Ham. You. Thank you, thank you, for sharing that. Um, well, no, I this, appreciate that statistic. This, Can you say it again? Because I didn't hear it actually. First league win since September nineteenth at two one against West Ham. Perfect. Uh, and they you. lost to West Ham three days later in the league. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- that actually le- leads into a question, a question for you, or not just for Chris, but for also also Pranav. Is this a bigger result for United or for the rest of the league, who now get to play against more Ole Gunnar, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I mean, so if Ole has three games, like he could still botch it. You know what I mean? Like. There's a chance that they lose. To, I like. There's a very re- reasonable chance that they're going to lose to Atalanta this week, and then they play Man City. Um, also, definitely a higher chance that they lose there. So, I I think what's going to happen is they're going to tie Atalanta, and then Man City's going to beat them, and the board's just going to be like, oh well, it's good enough, and then life's going to go on, and Man United's going to be in fifth place by the end of the season. That's my prediction. Okay, I th- I think. I don't know. I, I I think we we should stop shitting on United so much. Just just to the fact that like, I think they lost finally... five nothing to you last <laughs> week. What are you talking no, 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 about? No, but like, okay, just just by virtue of the fact that Ole changed up his lineup, like I think that was a legitimate wake up call. Um, and I think that uh, I think there's more to like. People always forget that that Ole has a better head to head with Pep. Um, as in like the only time they always played is, is City United. Um, so Ole has Pep's number on on Manchester derbies, uh, and people forget that uh, Atalanta already beat them once, and Atalanta um, had had like injury issues of their own. I don't know if they're resolved, to be honest. They're, they're injury issues, and if he has a work like like the, the whole problem I said was that um, they're missing a workhorse. They tried to press Liverpool. Um, you don't press Liverpool if you can't fucking press, because uh, Liverpool will just will just run right all three lines, um, and I think he. Was like he learned after he got battered five nil. Hey, wait a second! That was a stupid idea. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, Man United are a counterattacking team, which isn't a Man United thing, but it's what Man United has to be now. And I think he just kind of like he sort of figured that out. He's not he's not trying to he's not trying to be fancy anymore. Mostly because like like he's got a job on the line. Uh, um, and now I think this is the first time it's really sunk in that he's he's in hot water because every single time they're like, oh, we had like like they have uh, they had his back over and over. 
um, until like like the scare happened last week with Liverpool. So I I think it's a bigger result for for Man United, and I think Man United is going to benefit from it going forward. Um, and I think this the, the Manchester derby is going to be a much closer match than than we think it will be. Did Ole finally learn what tactics are? Yeah. Did Frank Lampard learn that? Oh wait, no, he got no. sacked. Never mind. Uh, yeah, but he, 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 Frank Lampard started our run to the Champions League final that we won, by the way. I know it's been a long time since uh, United have seen that, but, you know. Yeah, and then he got he spent $250 million and ended up in 10th place. So After a three-season transfer ban. Um, it's kind of tough. Anyway, the last game <laughs> of, of, the, of the weekend, that, that, as we're recording, there's still one more – Premier League game tomorrow, Wolves versus, versus Everton. West Ham beat Aston Villa 4-1 to put them up into fourth place. Are West Ham a legitimate fourth place contender? Yes. Looking at their oh, – okay, fine. But looking at their form at the end of last year and then through the first two games this year? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean Chris summed it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, Antonio has been been firing on all cylinders. He's, I guess he's got all the goals that Harry Kane doesn't have. Um, Kurt Zuma, Chelsea's top goal scorer, not actually, but one of one of Chelsea's greatest goal threats is now on. Uh, I saw Hunter thinking no, it was Jorginho with seven goals. Um, but Kurt Zuma uh, is is there, and he's he's doing he's doing a decent job. Oh, Twan Xavier is there. I didn't even know that. That's funny. And Ashley Young. Wow. He's they, wow. Yeah, he was loaned. <laughs> Wait, loaned. Yeah, he was loaned out. They ransacked uh ransacked United. Um, yeah, Declan Rice is is playing very, very well. And Antonio Antonio didn't score in this game somehow after, with four goals, but he's he's doing he's doing amazing. So yeah, I think I think I think West Ham are what Aston Villa were supposed to be. Yeah, and I think if you if you look at West Ham's form last year, making it into the it, – which is crazy because two seasons ago, they barely escaped relegation with, like, two games left or something like that. Then last year, they come through in, like, sixth or seventh and qualify for Europa League over Tottenham. And then now they're in fourth place with the same amount of goals scored in the league as Manchester City and one more than United. So I think it's safe to say that, that, that West Ham is – is going to be the dark horse for this year. Whether or not they can continue it uh, going forward is is still to be seen. Um, they have Liverpool coming up next week, and then Wolves, then Manchester City. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up this run of form. Moving on to the rest of Europe, uh, the big game in, in Italy this past weekend, besides Juventus losing again, like we already mentioned, Milan beat Roma in a pretty in a pretty fiery uh, derby, um, second versus fourth. Um, does this change anybody's opinions on Milan being a serious title contender and Milan and Roma being a serious top four contender? Neither. I, yeah, I mean, like I said, Milan is going to win Serie A. I've said it every single week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Um, and that's really the end of the story. Was Joe, Jose wasn't there, right? Because he, he had a red card, right? Yeah, I think he – I'm pretty sure he wasn't there. Um, that's, just, that's just funny. 
but that, he, that should be the the main takeaway from no this no, no it got Jose it got even, wasn't there <laughs> it got even better uh he i mean to be to me, I'm, I'm not 100 sure if he, he was off the sideline or not um but regardless he had a uh like the press conference afterwards he was just like basically just did another like i prefer not to speak if i speak i'm in trouble um he was just like he was just like oh i don't want another band i'm trying to think of what i say uh to not get banned and then he was like yeah i i, I can't really say anything better uh the roma support deserve better is, is like all he said uh but, but yeah he was basically he, was, he wasn't happy with the refereeing uh yet again there were questions about the the penalty on ibra oh ibra scored his 400 uh domestic goal today and uh he scored another but it was disallowed for for like it was a little it was offsides by a little bit and then and then he and then he went out and won a penalty uh that kessie put away um so he's still producing uh for some reason as a 40 year old and producing very well and, and carrying a team that's top of Serie A right now. Oh yeah. Teo, Teo Hernandez got, I know, I know Chris really rates Teo Hernandez, but he got, uh, he got a double yellow, got sent off and then began, began the, the Roma siege. Um, and they, they got one back with uh, El Shraoui bang ball into the corner, but uh, they got nothing else from it. And Jose was unhappy. He was not satisfied. Yeah, I, I'm not sure when this was from, but I definitely saw some social media posts talking about how Jose had to eat his dinner outside of the stadium because he, he had that red card. Um, <laughs> also, a uh, little shout out to Dusan Vlahovic. Um, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. The Serbian striker on Fiorentina for scoring a hat trick. Um, he is only 21 years old. So I think... He his eighth goal of the season to go along with one with one assist in eleven games played. Um, so I think he will be if he's not already on bigger European teams uh, watch list. He probably is now um, because kind of, kind of like we said earlier, Serie A is is kind of becoming a a real powerhouse league. Yeah, hopefully, he just, hopefully it doesn't turn into what. Uh... Christoph Piontek was <clears throat> a while ago. He, he like came to he, he went from Genoa to Milan, scored. He just lit up the league for half the season, and then just fell off the face of the earth. Just absolutely fell off a cliff. I haven't heard his name since uh, what was it? it was, uh, what season was it? I think it was eighteen nineteen. Um, after the end of eighteen nineteen, I just I just haven't heard his name at all. So hopefully this guy this guy has better things going for him. Hopefully, and and we wish him him all the best. Uh, moving over to league on. The big, the big fixture here was PSG squeak past Lille in the last 15 minutes of the game or so uh, to, to win 2-1 with a, Angel, with a Marquinhos goal and then followed by an, an, an Angel Di Maria goal. Leo Messi started this game as that kind of false nine or a striker in a 4-3-3 and was subbed off at halftime for... Our very own Mauro Icardi, not our very own, he's not our boy, but for big in the news, Mauro Icardi. Um, word is that Messi was subbed off for injury reasons, whether that be injury recovery or whether he was feeling something during the game. But now Messi's stat line in Ligue 1 has not changed in terms of, of, of goal contributions. He's still at zero. 
after having played five games in, in Ligue 1, which isn't many, but for Leo Messi, you would expect more than zero goals and zero assists in five games. Is there a concern for Messi fans that he is kind of going downhill or is this just who really cares? It's Leo Messi, best player in the world, probably ever. Doesn't really matter. I mean, yes, but I think that's just because of like I don't, I don't think I don't think it's Messi going. I mean, obviously he's going downhill because he's like he's, he's old, but um, I don't think it's I don't think it's Messi being bad or anything like that. It's I think it's just Poch just not knowing what to do with his team. Um, he's tried like sixteen different configurations and none of them have really panned out. And but for whatever reason, oh, league league all the, the top five league apparently. There's still there's still what eight points on top of the league like they're, <laughs> they're flying away with it except but every single week we're talking about how they just squeak past the game um which is like oh like what champions do but no champions do that on like like they, they don't they don't do that every week you know um and you don't you certainly don't do that when you have Messi Neymar uh, Di Maria and uh, Mbappe on your on your team oh uh, quick update since I told you that Chip the Keeper podcast was it would be your forefront and all the news. Uh, Mario Cardi deleted his Instagram. Um, whatever that means, we don't know. Uh, but I, I guess we'll we'll find out maybe by the next edition. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't really know what what he's planning to, planning to do with uh, with Messi. To, Loki, they PSG also don't have like a true striker. Like Mbappe can play striker, but Mbappe's like not naturally a striker. Um, and they are. I, th- I think he was unavailable for this game. So, like, maybe the best thing to do is to put Messi in behind and then play striker. But PSG also don't really have like a like a, an amazing six. Um, the thoughts before the season were that they they put Marquinhos as a six, uh, and then and then fill fill in uh, fill in another center back from his spot because Marquinhos can do that. But yeah, I think I think Poch just has he's just bit off more than he can chew. He just has too much talent to handle, which is usually like a good problem to have, but it doesn't seem to be, I mean, again, I keep saying this, but they're eight points on top of the league. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's very strange what's going on at PSG. Um, the only really real metric we have is champions league for them. And uh, yeah, as Chris said, they're not going to win the champions league, um, which is fun to say because we all thought they were going to run away with it. Yeah. Uh, I got really nothing else to say about them because we see, we say the same things every week about them. I think uh, I wonder if PSG were in the Premier League, where would they be? I like I don't I feel like they'd be top four. I don't think they'd be in first place. It's because they're not a team, you know. Like that's, that's really it. Like like Chelsea, Chelsea like don't have like super remarkable. Like they have good players, very good players, but like they're they're like they haven't even been playing together for that long. But they're like a extremely well jailed well well machine um because they got a because they got a german manager the psg aren't aren't a team um for whatever reason so i yeah i'd maybe top four fifth i think pranav like you said part of the issue was not having a true number six true holding midfielder i believe marquinhos towards the end of last season was playing in that holding six it's just a matter of i guess potch rates him more as a center back rather than a six but you'd think that having the likes of Sergio Ramos and Kimpembe being able to play center back would I think I think only... Ramos is still injured. Oh, is he still injured? Okay. I don't think he has he played a game for PSG. I don't think so. I don't I think, think he I, has. I, I I'm pretty sure he's been injured. Yeah, he's been injured time. this whole time. Oh, well then fuck me. Um but yeah, um if Ramos 
were to be healthy, I think Marquinhos would slide up into that six. Um, I mean, and, and it's not even like uh, uh, PSG is really hurting for like good center backs, you know, like they have, they have players like uh, Tilo Carrer and Colin Dagba who are obviously not the most flashy center backs in the world, but can probably get it done the fifth or sixth best league in Europe to hopefully allow Marquinhos to play forward, to give them that more defensive stability. But it's just a matter of what Posh decides to do with his plethora of, of real options. Marquinhos um, is so good. Marquinhos is so nasty. I, I'm just going to like, just appreciation. Like my man is good. He, he scores goals. He's good at the back. He's just I, like, I feel, like a, a good version of David Luiz. Pretty much, yes. But I, I feel like hair though. I, I feel like people <laughs> I feel like people know Marquinhos is good, but I feel like he doesn't like they don't rate him enough. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And that's I, probably because of the league he's playing in, honestly. Because it's like oh like the 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 PSG Lil Derby, oh, big game. It's, it's never going to be as big as Liverpool United, uh, Chelsea Liverpool, Chelsea United, any of the Chelsea games, really. Um. <laughs> Kieran, Kieran isn't. I'm just gonna ignore that you said that. Um, Kieran isn't here, and we're, we're just absolutely just wrecking Liga here, and there's there's no representative to defend Liga. Um, also, we said this thing about the Sixes, like they have they have Idrissa Gueye and Daniel Pereira. Who I don't know. They're just not. They're just not doing the job. You know, there's something going wrong. And Poch brought Tottenham to the Champions League final when the entire Tottenham team was injured. And maybe that's his sweet spot. You know, teams in crisis, he can do that. But teams that just have just the, the greatest players of all, like some of the greatest players of all time available to them, nope, no chance. <laughs> he has trouble then. Um, so I, yeah, something's going on with Poch. Uh, I, I, maybe he just can't handle all the talent um, because he had no talent at Tottenham to deal with. So. That's not true. You have to yell at that. But, um, yeah, I, 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 can anyone, like, explain what's going on? Like, I haven't, I haven't heard one, like, like, a single actual good explanation to, to what's going on. Because if, if Messi, a player that produces no matter what, is not producing, like, there's, there's something, like, deeply wrong. I mean, he's still scored in the Champions League. It, I, I don't know. I, it, like, yes, on paper, this is, like, a dream team. But I, I mean, most of these players are new, so it's like there, there's no chemistry necessarily. So I don't know. I feel like if the team stays as it is, as it is, like a year from now, they'll be really, really good. But I mean, Ronaldo's new, and he's not doing too bad. I he knows United. Wait, what do you mean he it's knows United? It's been United? ten years since he Bro, played for United. He knows where the bathrooms are. He knows. <laughs> He knows the blueprint, Gerald Trafford. That's it. Like he knows United. This United, we're not that United. I mean, okay. So he he plays right next to Bruno Fernandez, who he literally plays for for Portugal. All right, Messi's Uh, playing next to Di Maria. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know. I just let's just cut Messi some slack. All right. Why? I don't know. If he's if he's being put forward as the best player of all time, so he hasn't scored in five games now, right? Is that what we said? Yes, five league games, no goals, no assists either. Is it really that big of a deal? I mean, if it's ten goal games, then yeah, sure. Like, let's be upset, but it's five. 
Like okay, for all we know, he can score a hat trick. This conversation. Yeah, let's let's revisit it in a month. But for now, I'm I'm not upset about it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And Ronaldo does know where the bathrooms are, so that's good news. Part of the reason why we don't see a whole lot of this like questions about PSG is because they are already eight points up in Liga. Which, if there was ever a a, a question of is Liga really a top five league? It should be that where their top team is squeaking by, is squeaking by games, and there's and there's already somehow eight eight points up in the top of the league. But like also like just it's a tiny bit of devil's advocate. Like if the greatest player of all time can't score or assist in the league, then maybe it is a top five league. I don't know. Um, but but yeah, like it's it's just a it's just a fun dichotomy that PSG is showing. They're eight points up, um, and we talk about them being crap every week. And then and then Messi can't score is it? So I like I think I think I think they really present both sides of the coin there, which is pretty funny. Maybe if Messi knew where the bathrooms were at the PSG facility, I he think would, he, he 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 wouldn't be as goal constipated as he is. Maybe he just has, has to oh take an God. actual shit. Bro, I can't I can't believe you said Ronaldo knows United. Like Ole was a teammate <laughs> when he when he was at United. Did, did you guys see uh Ronaldo mocking Ole's tactics, like not not mocking, but like Ole was like doing hand signals, and it was like, it was on yeah Salah's Salah's fifth goal. Ronaldo decides to, to I don't know play. He, he was like acting as if he was drawing on chalkboards and convoluted tactics. But yeah, like like how like I mean, at the, the risk of talking about United again, um, like imagine like play, imagine playing for someone who came off the bench while you started, like that. That makes no sense. Like you, you were a Ballon d'Or winner. I mean, it was a couple years after, but like you, you, you were starting in games, and he was on the bench. He was he was practicing with the subs while you were practicing with like the best players in the world at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's weird. I don't. Know. I I think uh, I think Ronaldo could be a great manager one day. Um, I heard there's a position available at uh, Manchester United. They're actually if, if he's interested. If he's interested, we can talk about the numbers. Um, I okay, I'm locking in right up. now. Ole, Ole is going to be actually pretty good for the next at least like month. I think. I think. I think, I, I think, I think he's right, gotten his wake up call. Like I, 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 think he has the potential to not be shit. Um, and he is finally getting that kick in the pants. Uh, to make him not shit. I'm, I'm locking that in, in right now. I mean, all things considered, like Ole has had some good results throughout the years. It's just like. It's the same old United, but I, I think you're right, Pranav. I think it's going to be – he's just going to keep – McFred's going to save the day, and then we're stuck with McFred for another three years. That's my take. Uh-huh. Does anybody ha- have anything else to, to add about this week's results gone by, or are we good to continue on to the preview for next week? I think I just want to shout out Burnley for – they scored three goals in the first half. When the fuck has Burnley ever scored three goals in the first half? That's the most anti-Burnley thing I've ever heard. Um, that and the fact that uh, I said Brighton were good. I, I, I just want to name a couple players. Uh, their left back was just they were like their left back was in like Liverpool's half the whole time. Um, what's his name? Cucurella. His hair is amazing. His hair is way better than David Luiz's, to be honest. Um, and then Trossard was obviously amazing. Uh, Sumo was was pretty good. Um, and Sully Marsh had a good game. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to shout out specific players. But, yeah, that's it. Other than that, I got nothing else to say about this week's fixtures. All right. So, 
I'm kind of I'm gonna give you guys some some quick fire uh, bigger games coming up during the midweek and then next weekend. And all I want from you guys is is your score prediction and if you think anybody in particular is going to score as well. Um, so, Chris, these first two are, are are more aimed towards you. First game, for, uh, first bigger game is United versus Atalanta. What do you guys think the score uh, score is going to be? I'm going uh, two two. Okay, Pranav. Four two United. Four two United. Ooh, coming off a big win. City United. Somehow Manchester United is going to win 2-1. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to have only a third of the possession, and it's going to be some completely ridiculous goal, but they're going to win 2-1. And Ole is going to get his contract extended for another yep. five years. <laughs> and I say, I'm going to be miserable. <laughs> I say I also say 2-1 United, and I, I think Ronaldo's not going to score. <laughs> I, I think something crazy is going to happen. Like, Fred's going to score twice. <laughs> That's my hot take. <laughs> Fred scores a peak, uh, a penalty and a free kick. Now apparently this is a big game. West Ham versus Liverpool. Predictions. I don't want to. Like, <laughs> you're not Kieran. It's okay. You can make actual <laughs> predictions. Um, let's 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 give it to. Okay, I'm gonna I'm to I want to say Liverpool three one. Um, it may not go that way. But I guess as long as I'm not watching with with uh, Trey, it won't be a tie. So, I just say, uh, I don't know. West Ham's been on a tear recently. I'm gonna go West Ham two one. Ooh, interesting. Ra- uh, wrapping up the, the Premier League, I, I just wanted to say uh, Chelsea is playing the third of the uh, of the bottom three teams consecutively. Um, so I'll just say that that'll probably be another. I don't know, five nil spanking. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek gets on the score sheet, and then Ben Chilwell and Reese James split the other four goals. Um, Wait, quick question: How long is Lukaku out for? I haven't seen that yet, but I he might be available. I know Christian Pulisic will, will be back. So it's not, no, you know okay, what? I, yeah. I change. Uh, Chelsea win five zero. Christian Pulisic scores all five. Um, American dream. American G, maybe. Uh, in in Germany, the big fixture is Borussia Dortmund versus RB Leipzig. Predictions? I would go Dortmund to – oh, wait, Holland's out. Maybe not. Yeah, um, he's out. Ooh, that changes things. Le- Leipzig hasn't been playing too hot recently, right? I don't think they've been super good. But Dortmund just got spanked in the uh, Champions League. Yeah, but they, they um, won. They won against pretty good uh, Cologne. Cologne. Uh, I, I, I think. I think we it. Americans pronounce it Cologne, but it's like Cologne. Yeah. Um, um, they're a pretty strong team, and they, and they won. Thorgan Thorgan Hazard is playing ninth. Uh, let's just call it two-two draw. I think it'll be a good game, though. For now. Uh, I want Dortmund to win it. Uh, therefore, uh, I will say. Two two one Dortmund. I don't know. Like I feel, I think we're we're throwing out pretty arbitrary numbers um, based on the relative the relative uh, power of, of both teams. I, yeah, I, I think I think Dortmund can take it. I could also see them losing it because actually Leipzig is not doing too hot in the league. Um, I think Chris said that, but um, I think this will be a fun title race to be honest. So it's it's worth watching. I think it's just a matter of when does Bayern kind of start running away with it. Um, 
but we'll see. Uh, hopefully it is a fun title race and, and at least go down to the last couple of weeks instead of being decided with nine weeks to go. Um, the Milan Derby is, is this coming weekend. Um, Inter Milan versus uh, AC Milan. Um, this is this is obviously a, a top four clash. Um, one of the more heated rivalries uh, in Italy, at least, um, considering they both play in the same stadium. So this will kind of be a home game for, for both teams. Um, do you guys have any out there score predictions and kind of effects on the, on the Serie A as a whole? Uh, so Taylor Hernandez is out, right? You, you uh, should be, yeah. I don't think I don't know if it, in Syria if a double yellow uh, gets you suspended. I think it might just be a straight red. Oh well, if Taylor Hernandez is playing, I'm gonna say two uh, one Milan. But uh, if he's not playing, I'm gonna say they tie one one. I mean, I think Inter are actually a better team, but I think Milan are just too informed. Uh, so I'll say I'll say. One nil Milan um, over Inter. Because Inter, I think it, I think Inter have had uh, some problem. Actually, no, Inter had more goals for than than Milan. Um, yeah, so one nil Milan. <laughs> All right, and, and and the last big fixture is another Champions League game: Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid. Um, do we think Atletico Madrid plays? Eight one one against Liverpool to try and maintain a zero zero tie, or do or or do we think there will be more goals scored than just zero? I mean, I'm I'm going to be curing here and say that I, I don't care. Uh, Liverpool <laughs> Liverpool have nine points. Um, like it, it's very unlucky that we don't get through. Uh, I mean, nine injury. points doesn't mean a whole lot, apparently, right, Chris? <laughs> I was I was gonna self deprecate myself but then you did it <laughs> you did it for me so i didn't have um, to do it thank you appreciate that yeah i i think i don't think it'll be as good of a game just because i think that liverpool can afford to play like a little bit more cautious and they'd rather they'd rather draw than not lose so i don't think it's i don't really think it's gonna be that entertaining um so yeah i, I could see a nil nil or one point yeah i i see a zero zero i mean i, I don't think liverpool's gonna play super outrageously in terms of um, attacking, and so, and I, I wouldn't put it past Klopp to rotate also, uh, just because we do have he will um, the West Ham fixture next week, which is arguably more important to you right now. All right, so that's it. Unless anybody has anything else to to add, any more shout outs, any more uh, players of the week? A resounding no from the. Oh, we should we should shout out. Um, no, nah, I'm kidding. Let's. I'm hungry. all right and and with that being said thanks for tuning in to another episode of the chip the keeper podcast uh any questions comments or complaints uh you can send us an email at chip the keeper pod at gmail.com that's chip the keeper pod at gmail.com but other than that that's it for us thanks for tuning in bye-bye